BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. I'm Tasha Pierce, and this is Sinister Silhouettes. I like to begin by thanking, yeah, that old, for leaving a wonderful review. I've been feeling quite a bit of anxiety about the podcast lately, And that really helped to boost my morale. So thank you very much. And if you would like to continue to boost my ego, please leave a rating or a review on the platform of your choice, but especially on Apple iTunes. Now today we're headed to Tennessee, Hamilton County to be exact. And this case is still unfolding, but I found aspects of it to be so bizarre I just had to share it and buckle up because this one is strange to say the least. Daniel Wilkie is a 26 year old former deputy of the Hamilton County Sheriff's Department in Tennessee. Former because he's been indicted on 44 criminal charges ranging from sexual batteries and rape to official oppression. He's also at the center of six civil cases including one for a forced baptism. Now, I've heard of a lot of things, but never have I ever heard of an officer baptizing someone after a traffic stop. But here we are. Now, according to the woman who was baptized, she has also filed an $11 million lawsuit. The baptism occurred on February 6, 2019. She had been pulled over by Officer Wilkie and admitted to being under the influence of marijuana. There was part of a joint in her car, so she probably felt like it was best to just admit it. Now, even though she owned up to the reefer, Officer Wilkie allegedly searched her in a manner that made her feel uncomfortable. She claims he felt her breasts, abdomen, behind her crotch and inner thighs. Now, that sounds like a search to me. But it is irregular for a male officer to conduct this type of search without a second officer being present. At least having a witness would protect him from this type of allegation, unless he knew what he was doing was wrong. Now, the woman's allegations continue, you know, because we eventually end up at a baptism. 
So Wilkie apparently began to share the gospel with this woman. And he asked her all the regular questions that officers ask women late at night during traffic stops. Are you saved? Do you know where you would go if you died tonight? Is Jesus Christ your personal savior? Anywho, she says he told her that he talked to God while he searched her car. And God apparently wanted him to baptize this woman. So yeah, he told her to grab two towels and let him baptize her. And if she agreed, he'd issue her a criminal citation instead of taking her to jail. So she agreed so she could avoid going to jail. So Deputy Wilkie followed her to her place to get the towels, then told her to get in her car and follow him. Now, all this driving after she admitted to being high as a giraffe's ass. But I digress. They wound up at Soddy Lake in Soddy Daisy, Tennessee, which really sounds like a, a very lovely place. Uh, among the amenities were four parks, 10 ball fields, tennis and basketball courts, and the boat ramp. This was where the baptism took place. And I'm guessing Deputy Wilkie realized how fucking weird shit was getting because he called another deputy, Jacob Goforth, to witness the ritual. Now, Deputy Goforth watched while Deputy Wilkie stripped down to his t-shirt and boxers and baptized this woman in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, Wilkie claims that the woman asked to be baptized by a cop in the middle of the night while high on weed. Now, in my opinion, he probably should have just invited her to church on Sunday. But I guess Wilkie is just a take charge kind of guy. Now, he also claims he never said anything to her about Jesus or going to heaven or that he talked to God. All of that was made up. So Wilkie wants us to believe that a woman he never met before that night just assumed that he was a man with religious convictions and that he'd be down for a public baptism while he was on duty. Get the whole fuck out of here. <laughs> but this is this is still an open case. So let's give Danny boy the benefit of the doubt. Let's say she did ask him to baptize her after a little birdie told her he was a man of God. Didn't it occur to him how inappropriate it was for him to go along with her request? And now here here he is facing an $11 million civil lawsuit. And he dragged Deputy Goforth in this mess with him. So that's where things remain for this victim and Deputy Daniel Wilkie. But that's not the end of Wilkie's alleged criminal conduct. In 2014, Wilkie was a member of law enforcement in Ray County, Tennessee, just 30 miles away from Soddy Daisy. There he found himself at the center of a wrongful death lawsuit after fatally shooting an unarmed man in the head. And he didn't face any criminal charges in this incident. It was said that the unarmed man was uh, in the emergency room. He had already been detained by the officers and that he uh, went for another officer's gun and Deputy Wilkie uh, shot him. So no criminal charges for that incident. 
two of the charges he is facing <laughs> in Hamilton County stem from a July traffic stop in which deputies da uh, Daniel Wilkie and Bobby Brewer forcibly performed a cavity search on a handcuffed man. In essence, they raped him. So the DA of Hamilton County, Neil Pinkston, released the dash cam footage of the incident and the public outcry, especially from the black community, was deafening because, of course, the victim is black. Now, there are other allegations, other supposedly criminal acts committed by this same officer. Of course, dash cam and body cam footage could help or hurt his case. Thank God for that. Except the server that held all of that information crashed in January, taking a whole year of footage with it. Now, this comes after the DA accused the sheriff's office of slowing down the investigation. Hamilton County Sheriff's Office said they were unable to recover any of the footage. And some of the footage obtained by the DA and attorneys for the plaintiffs, it seems that audio was blocked, although the mics were indicated to be on. So this sick fuck may have been covering the mic because he was on some bullshit. Then there are other allegations of strip searches performed on minors. So now we add child molestation in all of this. By the way, the kids say that Wilkie got all religious while he abused them. Sound familiar? Now, as for the other officers that kind of stood around and did nothing while Wilkie spent 10 months ruining people's lives, well, they all still have jobs with the Hamilton County Sheriff's Office. So just to clarify, Wilkie is still facing these criminal charges he has not been to court except for to enter his plea which was not guilty on all of these charges and he is still facing these civil cases and they are not being blocked so they can actually go simultaneously with the criminal cases and to this i'm saying i know all cops are not bad just like all victims of police brutality are not innocent. You can't generalize these things. All cops are not bad. All people who have had a negative interaction with police are not innocent. But a police officer has a sworn duty to serve and protect. As Private citizens, we are not making these oaths. You would hope that people lived up to the ideals of the nation, some of the best things about the United States of America and want to protect our freedoms and our rights. But it's not always the case. You definitely have an expectation of that from the police. So this is not to say abolish the police. But there needs to be a complete freaking overhaul of how police interact, how police are screened for the jobs that they have been given. They've been afforded a high trust from the public. And we need to make sure that we are having the creme de la creme, 
the best of the best fill those positions because then we would not have Deputy Wilkie's. The first time someone saw Deputy Wilkie perform an act against a person that they knew was wrong, he should have been reported. Fuck the thin blue line. You need to step over that line at times and report these bad officers who are giving the badge a horrible, horrible name. It's making it hard to realize or to, to understand who we can trust. Just like out in society, we look over our shoulders when we see certain types of people and it's a different type of person for each person who's looking over their shoulder. It's never the same type of person, but we all have those people that make us uneasy. If we're walking in a dark alley and someone is picking up their pace behind us, it makes us uneasy. We distrust some people. The one set of people that we should be able to trust is law enforcement. We should look at them as, okay, here they are and everything is going to get better. Instead, we have this officer who apparently has a, a Christian background, or at least he knows enough about Christianity to kind of put people at ease with this Christian talk. And then he goes on to grope and fondle a woman while he is performing a baptism while on duty with another officer present. And nobody hears about this until the woman makes a complaint. And then there are those who say, oh, that woman, she was just trying to get out of those charges. She absolutely was. But once, once Deputy Wilkie searched her and kind of fondled her, he abused his power. And because he knew exactly who she was and exactly how to get back in touch with her, she may have felt afraid. She may have said to herself, I have to do what this officer says because he's an officer. Now, all of these things happen again, like I said, kind of last year and the year before. So it was all prior to this state of unrest that we're seeing right now in the United States. And it makes you wonder how many other officers are hiding behind the badge to do this kind of stuff. These kids, these children that who say that they were pulled over and they say, and I believe them, they say that they were forced for, to a strip search these kids probably thought we might get a ticket. They did not know that they were going to be subjected to demeaning behavior by the police. And then there was the gentleman who was pulled over and he complied. There's dash cam footage that you could see. I don't know why you would want to see this man get raped on the side of the road, but there's dash cam footage that shows that this man was complying with the officers. What, what, what excuse is there to perform a cavity search on anyone on the side of the road? How, how do you make sense of that? How do you make sense of 
the mics being covered when these officers are encountering these victims. How do you make sense of the Hamilton County Sheriff's Department losing much of the footage from a whole year of conduct by all the officers in that division right after it gets subpoenaed? How do, how do we make sense of that? It tells us that there are more than just a few bad apples in law enforcement. It's like a microcosm of what's going on in the nation. There are more than just a few bad apples. The good apples are not telling on the bad apples. And that one bad apple is spoiling the bunch. I can't be convinced that in the 10 months, 10 months, that Daniel Wilkie worked for the Hamilton County Sheriff's Office, that he was able to rack up all of these charges without assistance. We, we have to do better. This is just one example of police misconduct. This is just one example. And I don't know. I know that the gentleman who, who uh, was subjected to the cavity search is a black man. I don't know the race of any of these other victims. And it's unimportant. Because I'm saying black lives matter because they do. I'm saying also all lives matter <laughs> because they do. But as long as you have a police force who condones anywhere in this nation, who condones this type of behavior from any of its officers, no lives matter to them. None. It leads to a, a feeling of mistrust of law enforcement that when you see some law enforcement officials, you expect mistreatment. And that is not the way we should feel. I know a ton of great officers. I talk to some every single day. They come in where I work, get coffee, and I chat with them. And I trust that they are out there for my, my best interest. They keep my best interest in mind. I can't say that for all officers. Some of them do make me nervous. And I, I've got a story next week that lets you know that it's not just a local law enforcement problem. Last week, we talked about the detainees in the uh, detention center, uh, the ICE detention center. This week, we talked about just some random people in Saudi Lake, Tennessee, they were going about just regular shit when this crap goes down. And then next week, we're going to talk about a higher level even of law enforcement and how they felt their community that, that they were in, working in. This is not to beat up on law enforcement. This is for those people who don't understand the anger to kind of see a different point of view to understand why the mistrust is there to understand why people are out in the streets protesting right now it's it's my duty to bring attention to that because we are uh, a global family a national family we should be i'm seeing a whole lot of uh, division 
But we, we need to stand together on how people are to be treated. The same dignity and respect that we want afforded to law enforcement, law enforcement needs to have the mindset that they have to treat people with dignity and respect and with the presumption of innocence, even when you're arresting them. Presume that they are innocent. Do not give them a death sentence. These cases are not about people who were executed by a cop, but they have been damaged nonetheless. They've been damaged nonetheless. Even with uh, the, the officers who were involved along with Officer Wilkie, they still are working. They're still out there. But they had an opportunity to stop his behavior in its tracks, and they did nothing. They did not protect the public from this man. Even though these are still all allegations against Mr. Wilkie, but those kids, I believe. Now, the dash cam footage we saw for ourselves. The lady with the baptism, eh. But I, I, I still believe it's a complete abuse of power. This is not something that he should have been doing while he was serving in his official capacity. You don't baptize a person. <laughs> you don't you don't force a person to to choose between getting baptized or, or getting put in getting put in jail. And and she says that there the during the baptism that he was uh, fondling her even then. Of course, that situation is just her word versus his, but those other situations, I believe. So anyway, enough. I've jumped on my soapbox and I'm gonna jump off. But if you are on the fence about why Black Lives Matter, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. All lives matter. We have to make some noise because we're seeing what's happening in our community. If you believe in what you're saying and, and you understand that there are victims in every race, then you need to be just equally as outraged because mistreatment to one of us is mistreatment to all of us. Simple, simple shit. Okay. So that's it. That's all. I'm going to give you a, a little something to think about. I got a response from a person who knew one of the subjects of a previous podcast that I did. <clears throat> the one about Randy Roth. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to read it to you real quick. Her, her response. And we're going to just talk about it for a second. So she says, and I won't put her name out there. I personally, I personally know Randy and his family. I grew up with his son, Greg, and actually started dating three years ago after finding each other from being kids. Uh, he had to leave Snohomish and get away from all the harassment from reporters and local TV crews. It was horrible and devastating. I have corresponded for years with Randy due to his son, who turned out to be an amazing father and man. Randy has been a pen pal, you could say, and has made me many intricate gifts over the years. I've never forgotten who he was, what he has done, a man I love dearly. This is his father. 
It was hard to place myself and find strict boundaries. It took a long time. Prison can make a good man turn into a monster, uh, much less someone who has already done monstrous acts. And now his health is terminal. Many things written in the books are false and names were changed to protect several people I love dearly. I got to see a different side of Randy than most do not. I do not usually see his case brought up only back when we were kids. I will forever be affected by this, bad or good. And, and one of the things that we have to remember, just like this person who responded to my episode, that behind every person convicted of a crime, there are family and friends who love them. And it's not up to me to minimize their feelings of affection for a person that they have known for many years. I can only tell the story of those women that he had been convicted of murdering. And I also don't relish in the thought of Mr. Roth being in ill health. Again, because I know that he has loved ones who will be hurt when he passes. I just hope that they hold on to each other and support one another in what will be a very difficult time for all of them. So, you know, there's always the two sides of the story. It's just like the story I told today about Daniel Wilkie. I'm sure there are a hundred people who will vouch for him. And, and that's not to say that their feelings are not valid. They have valid feelings because they actually know uh, the person at the center of something very horrible. But it does not change the fact that uh, Randy Roth was convicted by a jury of his peers for killing two of his wives. That that's a, That's a fact that he treated other women in a very shitty manner. That's a fact. He could also be a great person who makes great gifts and sends them to his son's girlfriend. That can also be a fact. These things are not mutually exclusive. It just goes to show you that there's more to a person than what uh, an author knows to write in a book or what we know from searching or researching a story. Um, <clears throat> this individual and, and Randy's son, I hope they have a very happy life together and that they uh, are able to get past the, I guess, the glares of people who are wondering if it's all true, even though he's already been found guilty and he will likely, if, if what this person says is true, he will likely die in prison. He could have been released in like 10 years, I think, but uh, it's, it's looking more and more like that he, he is uh, terminally ill and that he will die in prison. And I'm okay with that. I don't want to see anybody die, but I'm okay with that because the women who he killed lost their lives. And that's it. That was my something to think about for today. So continue to support Sinister Silhouettes by, of course, doing your ratings and reviews. And of course, sharing the show with a friend because, yeah, share it with a friend. <laughs> and I will catch up with everybody again next week. Now, do me a favor. This week, we need to work on washing our hands, wearing our masks, and staying the fuck out the shadows. Peace.
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.